you so much, Jessica, for joining me today on the Pink Velvet Couch. Thank you for agreeing to talk about your experience with endometriosis. So for everyone who's tuning in, Jessica is a professor on the West Coast. And um, basically, I would like to know a little bit more uh, about your journey with endometriosis, especially about how you um, were diagnosed and if you had any difficulty with this. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be chatting with you. Um, I am in my early 40s, and I was only diagnosed a year and a half ago. And I will say that endometriosis is something that has affected me since I first started menstruating. So when I was, you know, 12, almost 13, and I got my period, um, it was really, really heavy and really, really long. So uh, it was very normal for me to have a two-week-long period. Um, and, you know, no one really paid that much attention until I started complaining a lot. <laughs> and then, you know, kind of went to the doctor and it was, uh, well, let's just put you on the pill. Uh, it'll shorten your periods and they won't be so heavy. But there was nothing like, why is this happening? It was just, here's what we're going to do. So, you know, at the age of, at that point I was 13, I went on birth control and was pretty much on it for the rest of, you know, up until a few years ago. And um, so I didn't give it that much more thought. Um, I never had major pain or cramping when I had my period. It really was just those long and heavy drawn out periods and so endometriosis never really came up as a possibility and I was able to have kids you know I didn't have trouble having kids and so I don't think it's really anything that pops into anyone's mind but uh, so I had my first child uh, he just turned 18 (laughs) and and um, you know and that was fine and then um, five years later I was pregnant again this time with twins And that was a really rough pregnancy and a really rough birth. And after their birth, I just had so many issues. I kept hemorrhaging. I had so many yeast infections. Um, And it was just, again, there was nothing the doctors really were doing or could do, I guess. It was just like, well, we don't know what's causing this. You know, they did an ultrasound, an external one, an internal one, that kind of stuff. And And nothing was happening and it just um, kept getting worse and worse and then uh, anytime uh, my husband and I would have sex I would just bleed like profusely and it was kind of like well lots of women bleed a bit during sex and I was like no like this is like turning on a tap and then I, I bleed for like a week after And, um, you know, so that was really hard. And so I just kept basically uh, making a stink about it, (laughs) going to the doctor over and over and over again. And then I was um, getting, I don't know what they said were yeast infections, but again, it wasn't like the typical symptoms. It was almost like, I describe it as like having a million little paper cuts all over the genitals. And um, they just said, yeah, that's, that's probably a yeast infection. But again, it was just always guesswork there were never any like conclusive tests or anything like that and so 
finally, um, my doctor took another look at me after I had gone in a few times complaining about, you know, bleeding during and after sex. And, um, and I happened to be bleeding at the time. And she was like, wow, this is a fair amount of bleeding. You're having your period. And I was like, no, <laughs> this is just my everyday life. And so she sent me to a specialist, um, but especially, I mean, a specialist, it takes so long to get in. So I think it was seven or eight months before I even got to see that person. And when I saw that person, she said that my cervix was very, very vascular. So lots and lots of veins. And I guess that's something they typically see with cervical cancer. And so that was the, um, that's what she thought. She thought, oh crap, this is, this is going to be cancer. So she sent me um, to have the test. I can't think of the name right now. Well, basically they, you know, pull out a chunk of your cervix. Mm -hmm. A biopsy. Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) And so, um, and kind of, you know, coming full circle, I walked into the room and the doctor, he had to do this, the hospital and the doctor introduced himself. And I was like, huh, you delivered my twins. Um, And and then he was like, he's like, did I need said remind me of it? And I told him, he's like, oh, I I remember, I remember that birth. uh, Because it was, it was quite the birth. And um, so that was kind of interesting. And so, you know, he, he got in there, did the test he was supposed to do, and then just was again, very surprised by how vascular the cervix was. And so he decided to do a few more tests. So he went kind of up further into the uterus and did some testing there. And what came back was that it wasn't cervical cancer, but that I did have endometriosis. And so that's how I ended up getting diagnosed. They, it wasn't even something that crossed their mind. I wasn't even being tested for it, except for this doctor who, um, I guess, you know, essentially saved the life of one of my twins when he was being born. And uh, helped me get a diagnosis, so I owe a lot to this man. But um, but yeah, that was how I got diagnosed, and uh, then it, um, it was like, okay, well, now what? <laughs> and I, you know, there's not much to do. Um, I was told that I could have silver nitrate kind of painted mm-hmm. on my cervix, um, or I could have my cervix cauterized, mm-hmm. or I could have a hysterectomy. And um, the specialist I saw was pushing for a hysterectomy. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) (laughs) hang on a sec. And and she's like, well, are you you planning on having more children? And I was like, no, (laughs) but you're still talking about like part of my body. Um, There has to be like a lesser, less invasive procedures we can try first. And that's when I got told about the silver nitrate and the cauterization. but she's like, you know, you're one of the first women I've had to talk out of a hysterectomy. Oh, uh, my God. Wow. And I was like, seriously? <laughs> and I, I have no judgment around uh, anyone who chooses that. But it is considered one of the biggest surgeries. You're laid up in bed for six to eight weeks afterwards. Like, it's it's a big deal. And uh, I was like, yeah, that's I'm not ready for that. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, I was like, well, silver nitrate, you're literally like painting silver onto my cervix. That sounds beautiful. Let's go with that. (laughs) And um, so that's what we did. And um, it was kind of, you know, you might have some cramping in the afternoon, but you should be able to do whatever you want. Well, three days later, I was still in bed. I was in so much pain. And I got up to make a cup of tea and it almost felt like a balloon burst. It almost felt like my water 
breaking um, and I just started hemorrhaging everywhere. Oh, no. So my husband had to rush me to the hospital and um, they ended up doing like an emergency cauterization. Um, so they, I ended up then getting the cauterization, which is essentially they burn off the top layer uh, of your cervix. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was quite painful. I don't know if they usually try and freeze you, but there's just so much blood. They just did it <laughs> right then and there. You had like yeah. no anesthesia, like you were awake? Yeah. Yep. It was, I had a nurse holding one hand and my husband holding the other. And I just kept repeating like, okay, I give birth to twins. I can do this. I can do this. <laughs> and, um, and that was pretty good that worked for I'd say like I don't know three or four months and then I started bleeding again (laughs) so um then about a year ago I had another surgery where um they went in and did another cauterization but they burnt off I think it was like three layers so they went deeper um, with the cauterization on the cervix and so far that's been pretty good in terms of the bleeding has stopped I don't you know bleed all the time anymore um but it's still it's still not great I still have a lot of like yeast infection symptoms and that kind of stuff so yeah that's kind of been my journey as a a long spiel but uh it wasn't an easy diagnosis Mm -hmm. yeah and I think like you really had to work for it right you had to be like no Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not taking no for an answer and I'm you kept going and kept asking, mm-hmm. which I think is an experience that a lot of women share. Mm-hmm. It's, um, yeah, I've definitely, I mean, I, I, I do quite like my family doctor, but I've definitely had experiences with doctors where it's like there's something wrong. And I've, I've had a, a male doctor look at me and say, you know, I, I think what you've got is tired mom syndrome. Oh, my God. And I was like, pardon me? (laughs) And yeah, he said, you know, I think if you could just, you know, get a neighbor to watch your kids a couple of times a week and just have a nap. And I was like, like, my children are in school. Like, I'm not like, and and (laughs) even if they weren't, like, is tired mom syndrome? Can you show me that in your medical books? Like, have you ever told a father they have tired dad syndrome? And I just got up and walked out of the room and I was, I was shaking. I was so mad. Um, yeah that is so condescending (laughs) yeah um so like in in day-to-day life there wasn't anything basically that was helpful in managing the symptoms it was really the surgery right that that helped yeah unfortunately uh, for the for the hemorrhaging anyhow there was nothing that helped um with kind of the more like yeast infections and, and those types of symptoms I find that stress makes it worse um, so definitely trying to minimize stress has been helpful. Um, celery juice, as odd as that may sound. Yeah. I started, yeah, I started juicing celery every morning and that has helped quite a bit. Or at least it coincided with me starting celery juice a couple of weeks into that. Um, the, the symptoms kind of alleviated and I don't get them as often. So that's been pretty good. Um, but things like, oh, I've tried everything. I've tried, I mean, acidophilus, but I've tried like the, the yeast buster cleanses where you actually like drink clay. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work <laughs> and it was awful. Uh, but yeah, I haven't really found anything that's been great at managing symptoms, unfortunately. 
And how has your period been through this? Have you like chosen to go back on the pill? Has your period regulated? Or So I had decided to go off the pill. Um, actually, kind of, I went off the pill right before I started bleeding kind of every time I had sex. And so um, the when I first saw the specialist, she was like, well, let's put you back on the pill. At this point, I'd been off it for almost a year. And I was like, ugh, like I'm, all, you know, nearing my 40s. I like, I, I've been on it my whole life. I'd really like for my body to be able to just experience itself <laughs> and regulate itself. Um, but the, like the hemorrhaging was just all the time and I never knew when it was going to happen. And so I was like, okay, fine, I'll go back on this pill. And I got put on a pill called Lolo, which is supposed to be low do- doses of hormones and, and that kind of thing. Um, and it did help. But I, I don't know, as shallow as it sounds, I gained a bunch of weight on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just, I don't know, I, I felt my mood was a bit low. Yeah. And I found that I wasn't like, desiring any type of affection with my husband. I was just like, meh. And so finally, after a while, I kind of was like, huh, I wonder if this is the low low. And so I went back to see her and said, look, like, I, I want to go off this. And I think if it means I end up needing to have a hysterectomy, then I, I guess that's what needs to happen. But I, I don't want to be on this anymore. And so I ended up going off it again. And that's been good. <laughs> I definitely yeah, prefer being off. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like, you know, I don't think it's shallow at all what you're, you're mentioning. Like, the pill does affect your mood it affects weight gains it totally mm-hmm. affects our hormones and yeah, yeah we are a lot of us are put on the pill when we're very young teenagers so it's yeah yeah with really no idea like just it was like oh cool I'm on the pill and it was like you know I don't know maybe as a teenager kind of exciting mm-hmm. and, um but I think as an adult uh I was like, oh, I'm, <laughs> my body's actually never been given the opportunity to regulate itself. And that's weird. Absolutely. Like I got gallbladder stones when I was on the pill and I was oh. about to have a surgery when I was like, you know what? I'm 19. Let me just try wow. going off the pill. And it never happened again in 20 years. So anyway, interesting yeah. stuff that we don't necessarily know when we go on no. the pill journey. <laughs> no, not at all. Like it's all about well, basically, it's like, it's all about sex, right? <laughs> like, that's yeah. what you get told about. And, uh, you know, you might get a blood clot when you're 40 or 50, if you're still on it or something, you know, like, that's kind of what I remember being told. Yeah, absolutely. Um, did you, like, with all the bleeding that you had, how was that affecting your life? Did you start to have anemia or any other things? That were... Um, I honestly think that the celery juice saved me for that um well the um so the i i started taking iron at first when i was bleeding but that does a lot of other stuff to your body so i stopped that and then um the only other i wasn't doing anything else other than the celery juice and and when i went like with the big hemorrhage where they had to do the emergency cauterization um they took my some blood samples and they said that they were really impressed with my iron levels a for a female and b just given how much i'd been bleeding and the only thing i can figure that i was doing was the celery juice so i have no like 
I have no medical information about that. <laughs> but to me, I was like, huh, I wonder if that's what that's, you know, if that's helping with my iron. Um, so it wasn't that bad. I was definitely tired. And I was just always stressed out because, um, like, I, I just never knew when it was going to happen. <laughs> um, and, you know, being an instructor and being up in front of a classroom, um, it was like, okay, really hope I don't start bleeding. <laughs> like, yeah. So it was like, constantly um basically always wearing some sort of pad I tried the diva cups because I was trying to be mindful of the environment and just of my body and but with the endometriosis the diva cup does not work um and I got a lot of like trying to find out information about the diva cup and got told like oh you must just be putting it in wrong which made me feel bad but since then, I've spoken to many women who have endometriosis and who absolutely cannot use the Diva Cup because it doesn't work. Um, there's just so many cells and things on the outside. And anyways, mm -hmm. it just um, yeah. it wasn't something I was doing wrong, but I was definitely made to feel that way. Um, although listening to your your podcasts, I've I've been venturing into uh, the period underwear. So that might have been a good thing <laughs> back then as well. If I'd had those types of, of underwear, then I wouldn't have been stressed out all the time. But I just never knew when I was going to bleed or how heavy and intense it was going to be. Um, yeah. And certainly just with my husband, like, like I was literally bleeding all the time. <laughs> so um, it was hard to, um, you know, just for our relationship and for me to feel desirable in any way yeah absolutely that's what I I was gonna say like it must have impacted intimacy because knowing that you're like uh, you know after sex you're probably gonna bleed it's gonna increase it it just mm -hmm. adds a whole other layer of yeah it was kind of like okay well what's my week gonna be like yeah is it okay if I bleed all week <laughs> yeah 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 and I imagine the diva cup not only did it increase the bleeding, but I, I think for others, maybe it increases the cramping as well. Mm, yeah, for sure. Um, I did notice that I had some cramping when I tried it. Um, mm -hmm. And I just, yeah, I, I tried it for probably like two months. And then I was like, nope. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a good technology, but it, it depends. I, I don't think it's a great fit either for endometriosis. No, but I like I do have many friends who use it and who love it. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, for me, it was did not work. Um, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you would like to share or that you would any advice that you would like to give to anyone who's wondering if they have endometriosis, they don't know how to go about it? Um, I think there's just maybe that stereotypical myth out there that, you know, you have endometriosis if you have trouble getting pregnant. Um, and that's kind of the telltale sign. Or you have endometriosis if you have really horrible cramping during your period. And um, I had neither of those. So it's not something that ever actually even crossed my mind either. Um, but I guess just if you're not sure what it is, what's going on, trust your gut that something is going on. Don't give up. Um, and unfortunately, we have to do our own research. But but yeah, finding out more information about it and realizing that it's a lot more than those two things. Um, and then, yeah, I wish I had some like great, here's what you can do to feel better mm -hmm. <laughs> and manage your symptoms advice. Um, but I am still on that journey. So um, I don't. But yeah, I guess 
really it's just I, I knew something wasn't right I knew this wasn't normal despite you know lots, lots of women bleed after sex <laughs> or you know lots of women have long periods or you're over exaggerating um I wasn't and um so just yeah trust your gut and and keep fighting for yourself because you're worth it absolutely that's so beautiful and inspiring and I think when you were talking about managing symptoms in a way it's kind of a lifelong journey right depending on the phases of life that you're in if you're postpartum in your 20s your 40s it's all going to be a little bit different yeah probably is there anything that you would like to add nothing that I can think of no okay thank you so so much for taking the time to talk with me today for basically helping others who are either already on the journey knowing that they have endometriosis or who are kind of looking for an answer it was very insightful for me as well I hadn't realized that it could manifest as basically extreme bleeding so thank you that's really helpful thanks for having me